0: If a, if a slaughterhouse has glass walls, and we we probably all heard this, like uh, 80% of the world will probably be like vegan and vegetarian, you know, yeah. because if you actually see what goes behind the scene, and let's say like that people can't see us, like those double-sided glasses, like they, we could see them, but they can't see us. If it was like that, like, and you actually saw that the reactions and the acts of these individuals when they treat these animals, Um, you you'll be disgusted Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like for example like if i asked the audience like if if you saw me walk around the street and i just started drop kicking dogs in the head what would you feel oh man uh i'm a butthole you know i'm a bad person you know i should i should get thrown in jail get arrested all these things right because it's abuse so what's the difference when that happens to a cow pig chicken You know, we don't really take that into consideration because we don't see it. And these animals do go through that. Now, On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health
1: all right welcome to the podcast i'm dr Lori marvis and today i'm so excited to welcome Corinne sutton how are you today
0: everything's good and yourself
1: i'm doing great and you know we kind of got to connect a little bit um on chef aj's um veterans day special which is awesome so thank you for your service oh thank you awesome and uh i would love to hear you know kind of your story is how you got into veganism, and then also the bodybuilding, because those are some, it's really interesting. And then we can maybe talk about how you, I heard a little bit about your story and the, the military aspect of I That was really cool too, so.
0: Yeah, so um, it, it all pretty much started about like eight, nine years ago. Uh, I was in, Broward college, I was in school taking a public speaking course. And we were learning more about persuasive speaking at that period of the class. And he brought in as a special guest, Gary Orozki, which is a a huge animal activist. And he actually came to my classroom and did his speech. Now, if you wanna witness the speech, you can just go on Google, just type in the best vegan speech ever. It's pretty much the same exact speech that he did in my classroom and uh, literally word by word. And when I saw that, when I saw that speech, it blew my mind because I was like, wow, like I never saw animals getting slaughtered in this fashion. And it's not like I didn't know that animals die, you know, for them to get to my plate. I already knew that. But just the whole notion and and fallacies that I kind of, or fallacies and stories that I pretty much created on my own in my mind, you know, um, what happened was it was, it it just shattered that, you know, it shattered that when I saw the reality and when i saw that reality like it's not like they just killed these animals there's a lot of abuse behind it um, a lot of suffering a lot of pain a lot of torture and for me being in the military like i witness some of that stuff like that type of energy and i always ask people that you know if if you ever if you ever seen if if a if a slaughterhouse has glass walls and we, we probably all heard this like uh, 80% of the world will probably be like vegan and vegetarian, you know, yeah. because if you actually see what goes behind the scene and let's say like that people can't see us like those double-sided glasses, like they, we could see them, but they can't see us. If it was like that, like, and you actually saw that the reactions and the acts of these individuals, when they treat these animals, Um, you you'll be disgusted Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like for example like if i asked the audience like if if you saw me walk around the street and i just started drop kicking dogs in the head what would you feel oh man uh, i'm a butthole you know i'm a bad person you know i should i should get thrown in jail get arrested all these things right because it's abuse so what's the difference when that happens to a cow pig chicken you know, we don't really take that into consideration because we don't see it. And mm-hmm. these animals do go through that. Now, there is farms that's out there because I was in the show called Veganville. All right. Uh, about like, I think it was a year or two years ago. It was a three part documentary. I, I flew out to the UK to try and get the, the city of Cardiff to go vegan. I was uh, with Joey Strong, and other individuals. And it's a three-part reality. It was a reality show slash documentary, three-part series. They played it on BBC One. Uh, You could watch it now on BBC One, iPlayer and BBC Three. And if you want to watch it, but it's really, it's a really great show. But there is good farms out there that they really do take care of their animals, right? They really take care of like a it's, it's pretty high standard uh living for these animals and they really care when you talk to the, the farmers you can tell like you know they're legit at what they do and, and they want the best they want the, the animals to be calm they don't want them to be uh in pain and, and suffering and stress right because no. they they believe in the same notions that we believe like you know if when you eat those animals and they're all stressed out and and, and, and they're, they're living that pain and suffering. That's what we consume. We become that as well. Mm-hmm. So they believe that as well. But the only difference, and this is where the clash, is like they still die. Like you, you still take them to the slaughterhouse. Uh, and they don't wait for them to get old and stuff like that. It's the same at the end of the day. Once they're ready to get slaughtered, it's, it's that time. And, and, and that's it and the only the and that's where the clash was because for us we were like especially on the show we were like yo like um you know, don't if if you have that connection you build that connection with the animal how can you just kill it mm-hmm. you know and you could see these farmers like they really love these animals just like a pet wow. but then they're like but then that pet compassion gets shut off and then goes into money cuz they're like mm-hmm. our our farm has been passed down by generations and this is a lot of things that a lot of people don't talk about and and so i was able to see both sides you know because some of these farmers it's not like they just built a farm they start slaughtering animals this is all they got this is all they know and this is like literally a hardcore generational wealth structured business Mm. so it's like for them to try to break ties off of that it's really hard for these people yeah. So we're able to see that. Now, when I went through those two instances of th- those time periods, I know I kind of like jumping around. But
1: I, <laughs> no, I'm I think like, that's fascinating. I'm going to look it up now. <laughs>
0: yeah. But w- within those two time periods, you know, and going back to when I was in college, I mean, that's what really made me go vegan mm. is because of that. It's just the, the pain and the suffering and everything that I witnessed. Wow. And I could relate to what those animals go through as well, mm-hmm. because you just have to put on the, you know, you just have to put on the, the shoe, you know, put the shoe mm-hmm. in, the, in the other person's foot and then yeah. you'll, re, you'll witness that. And how I look at things is that, and one of the things that really struck me was what Gary said. He told me that what do you, what do you, uh, he, he, it was a general question to the class. He just said, and it made me really think he's like, what's the chances of you coming into this world as a human being? Hmm. Regardless what spirituality or religion you believe in, what's right. the chance of you coming into this world as a human being? Yeah. And he's like, and if you're in a religion that believes in reincarnation, he's like, you better hope you don't reincarnate into a pig, chicken, <laughs> you know, right. fish. Yeah. You know? right. Okay. If you do, you're SOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he said, right that that analogy and kind of think about it it's like you know we are blessed that we are human beings and then we take this privilege and we take advantage of other living beings that came into existence and I and I'm not trying to get all kumbaya and stuff like yeah like we live in a biological world things right. live and things die but right. it doesn't mean that we have to actually put a contribution to end life from, a, from our hands just because of a, a simple pleasure of taste. Right. Okay. And, and we have millions of, millions to, yeah, millions of different types of foods that we can, that we can eat in this planet. But right. we decide to target these animals and eat them majority for our mm-hmm. own pleasure. You right. know, and to me, I'm like, if I can just reduce that intake, you know, mm-hmm. if I could reduce that, type of suffering and that pain especially how those cows live in these conditions or right. these animals live in these conditions because where where america get their foods and majority because these these better farms these high-end i forgot what they're, they're actually called the name for them fall for, for those uh, nicer farms there's an actual name for it but for these high high tier farms this is rare you're not getting that at Whole Foods and, and Publix and things like that. You're not getting those, you're not getting that. This is right. you'll find that like at the small local farm market or something like that or at the farm because those farms are small. Yeah. Know? But the big mass ones, like you know, the the big ones with the big names, you know, those are the ones that does most of the suffering.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, I interviewed um Luis Sajoyas, who's the director of Game Changers and yeah. um he, and racing to extinction and we talked a little bit about his time that he's he was filming something and there was a cow that was being slaughtered and literally connected eye to eye and there was tears rolling down the the face of this cow and i just that that visualization really brought home a really interesting point and you know they're they're beings that suffer and have, you know, emotions, even we have, we can see it with our own pets, you know, so I, it's interesting that speciesism that, um, I can't remember the author's name, but she speaks to about how we've built these walls, either they're handed down, and that's how we grow up, we don't think about that there's something other than what we've always learned, and so mm-hmm. that's really, it's, it's interesting to talk to people on their, their journey of evolution, of understanding it, because I went vegan because of, you know, I had a patient do really well on a plant-based diet, but then over the years, it was also about eight or nine years ago. Over the years, you start seeing more of that other side of it, and you can't unlearn or unsee these things. And it, it really makes you reevaluate your thoughts and beliefs about a lot of different things. And so, I appreciate that you were so young to be able to do that in college. Um, I was in my early forties, so I'm still, you know, I was like, wow. So um, to be to be open to that message is, is speaks volumes of, of who you are as a person um, can we also speak a little bit about your your entry into bodybuilding because um, you're very good at it and you're helping others as well which is really cool because we had mentioned earlier on your website it says no weak vegan <laughs> and I love it I almost feel like that's like leave no weak vegan behind you know it's like no nope. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was your your journey into bodybuilding
0: so so for the bodybuilding just uh, let me turn on the slide
1: sure you have a, a little bit a little bit of a you know protein powder back there i'm assuming what that is
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is all from a clean machine this, this is my awesome. uh, it's a supplement sponsorship that i'm with but it's a 100 vegan company and some of the benefits with them is that all their stuff is made from non-GMO and organic ingredients. Uh, cool. Everything's made from whole foods. There's no chemicals, fillers, or artificial flavors. So that's why, why I take them. But they have like protein, ahi flowers, cell block 80, and some BCAs, which is really great.
1: Cool. Awesome. But
0: um, with the – where were we? The, You're
1: going to share about your uh, entry into the bodybuilding world.
0: Okay, bodybuilding. Yeah, so with, with the bodybuilding – How that worked out was pretty much I was already vegan. I was vegan for about a good year. And, you know, I was pretty lean and ripped already. You know, I really liked how I was looking. really liked how, you know, everything, how I felt. And the lifestyle was pretty good. So a lot of my friends were, you know, when we were at the beach one day and one of my friends came up to me like, dude, you ever thought about doing bodybuilding, bro? Like, you're pretty ripped, man. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know, I I really didn't think about it, and he because you know when you think bodybuilding, you're, you're you know, and this is pretty much with a lot of people who don't really know the sport. Mm-hmm. When you just hear a word bodybuilding, you're thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ronnie mm-hmm. Coleman, you know Phil Heath, you know all these big giant dudes, you know like really humongous dudes, and that's what I thought bodybuilding is is it. It's like I'm like. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, dude, I'm not just being those guys like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, nah, man. He's like, there's different he's like, those guys are like pros and they're all stars, you know. But he's like, but the sport itself, there's different levels. And you start off as like an amateur and there's different leagues and associations, and then you build your way up through the sport. And he, you know, so when he, he showed me one of his friends that did a show, you know, and he's like, bro, like, my friend, he doesn't even, like, he's not even doing what you do, like, because I I was already doing training already and stuff, Mm -hmm. so he's like, he's not even, like, that athletic, and, you know, (laughs) he's not doing training, he doesn't understand nutrition, you know, he just got a coach, and and he actually won, and he showed me, and the guy, literally, the the guy didn't look that great, you know what I'm saying, like, so, and he's like, He's like, look, you could have beat this dude, you know, like, so (laughs) so he's like, and he, so he's like, yo, like, this is what you should do. And I was like, all right. So I I put that into the back of my mind. And then after, and this is in my mid twenties. So like we were at the beach (laughs) drinking and I think, uh, that same day or maybe the following day or something, I went, I went to a club and then I was with some friends and then one of them one of my friends was actually dating a a bodybuilding coach. Hmm. Right. So then she introduced him to me. And then because she, she was like connected with my friends as well. And she's like, yeah, he's thinking about doing bodybuilding. Right. You should talk to him. So we talked a little bit in the club, you know, he gave me his number he's like, "Um, yeah, if you're serious, you know, give me a call now. I'm the type of guy that I believe, like, in universe, God messages, you know, and when I saw that was going on, like, I was like, okay, what's the chances of, like, my friends telling me about bodybuilding? And, you know, one of my friends was dating a bodybuilding coach brings him up to me to, you know, see if I was interested in bodybuilding. And, and truthfully, like, even when he told me, <clears throat> it wasn't something that I really... I, I, I took it in consideration, but it wasn't something like so super serious, right? Mm-hmm. But, I, but after I saw that, I, I kind of started just doing some research about it, right? Because it was just, you know, enticing the mind. And I was like, oh, I mean, let me check it out. Because I, I mean, being vegan and, and being in the vegan community group back then, I think uh, early, like early 2000s, it's like um, people, people you know, on Facebook, people were just like, you know, Sharing Flex Friday pictures and so I think that's when when the vegan Facebook groups was like really cool, you know. <laughs> now it's just a bunch of arguing people. <laughs> but like before, everyone was just like, "Yeah, you know, like a thousand likes, yeah." Yeah, you know, they were
1: just
0: happy, man.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely.
0: Now everyone's angry. <laughs> like, say yeah. what? Everyone got some million opinions about you.
1: But oh like,
0: um, <laughs> I, I went on, I, I was checking out the group. I went, I started doing some uh, research and I was looking for like coaches, trying to see how the whole bodybuilding thing works. And I was like, you know, I don't do any activism. The only thing I've been doing is reading books. Like, um, you know, one of the first books I read was by uh, Robert, Robert Sheik. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you can bodybuilding and fitness. So that was just, it was, it was the first book I read. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, let me pick this up, yeah, he talks about bodybuilding, did some research, so after reading books, and doing some research, I ended up calling the guy I met in the club, his name's Dave Bowman, so I've been with this guy, you know, make a long story short, fast forward, for like, past seven years,
1: wow,
0: so I never changed my coach, once I called him up, because I was like, it's destined, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no. no coincidences
0: yeah i called him up we started he told me what's up you know and we started training and i was like and i told him everything what because he he's not vegan even as long as i've been vegan and he's been i'm one of his best clients he's still just just
1: really oh Uh, no it's just
0: just tough you know (laughs) some of you are just real tough but i had conversations he followed me some people are just tough, Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, <clears throat> I told him what, what the goal was. I was like, yeah, I want to inspire vegans. And I think it'd be cool for my business and, and something better to do with my life because, you know, at the time I was like, all I did was go out and party and stuff like that. And I, I wanted to improve my lifestyle too. So, you mm-hmm. know, getting involved with sport that, you know, it, it's really not required to it, it's not recommended for you to drink in part Yeah. You know? uh-huh. it's just not recommended for you to like especially if you want to be the best
1: uh-huh. yeah want
0: to be the best and or be, or do very well it's highly recommended to uh you know drop the alcohol you know start going to bed early you know <laughs> no late nights things like that like you know really really put in the work and really really put a 100% into yourself mm-hmm. right um so when I started doing that, I started changing my lifestyle. I started uh, the training for the show, for my first show. And mm-hmm. then after my first show, I, I won second place. I threw it in the, in the Facebook group in uh, by Vegan Vibliability and Fitness. Mad people were inspired.
1: Awesome. Right? A
0: lot of people. People were like, yo, are you crazy? That's crazy. That's nuts. Seriously, you won second place for wow. a show. Yeah, and uh, ever since then, I got that we call it like the the itch, you know, like born, like, oh, <laughs> you know, because happy, we're mad, inspired, you know, a lot of right? I love this, right? Yeah. So I was like, yo, I want to, I want to keep doing this, right? So cool. I kept going, went show after show, and the more I won, the more people that was getting inspired. More mm-hmm. people wanted to go vegan, yeah. You know? More people wanted my assistance and my help to help them transition to move on to a, a vegan lifestyle. So that's, that's how it kind of all started with the whole bodybuilding. And, and for me, just my lifestyle improved overall, because, you know, like the drinking itself, I mean, I drink, but like, it's not like, like how I used to, it's like mm-hmm. really rare. It's like maybe two or five drinks a year or something like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, really rare. And even when I do, it's like, I don't drink to get drunk. I used to get crazy. You know, Now it's like one, one and a half beer. I'm done. Like that's it. It's, I'm done. So yeah, a lot of improvements. you know. but yeah. it helped with a lot of things.
1: That's. I mean, it's phenomenal. So where in where in all of this did the military fit?
0: Um, the military was 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 is well the, with the military. That I wasn't vegan when I was in the Marine Corps because mm-hmm. I joined the Marines like in 2000. I want to say 2003. Yeah, 2003 and so the four years when I was fully active and stuff, I wasn't vegan at all, and then I think I got out of 2007, and then 2008 to 8, not 10, 11, 12, yeah, 2012, I was in the neighbors, in in the Navy Reserves, so I started the whole vegan stuff, like, you know, I want to say somewhere around 2011, 2012, like somewhere around that year, Uh yeah, I kind of, I kind of like started playing with it and I was in the Navy, but I I transitioned to uh, veganism because even after the speech, what, what really happened, I'm just like, I'm kind of time skipping parts. Mm -hmm. Right. But like what really happened was after the speech, I wanted to go vegan, but some of the things that Gary just kind of left out was when it came to like I mean he he explained it but Mm -hmm. when it came to like the protein stuff like I didn't know how I can get a a significant source. Mm -hmm. And and veganism back then isn't the same as now. Like clean machine didn't even exist. There was no there was no like supplement company making bunch of good vegan powders that was Mm -hmm. cheap and affordable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was no garden there is no field roles a lot of these good places are gone vegan restaurants non-existent you know Mm -hmm. like
1: (laughs) no i i know it was 2000 early 2012 when we transitioned and i lived in western colorado (laughs) in rural western colorado so oh yeah i think the only thing i could find in the stores that we drove an hour to the grocery store was boca uh Boca, the Boca brand, those little yeah. beefy thing crumbles. And we used that at first until I figured out what I was doing and how to practice medicine like this too. That was, that was a challenge too, because there was no, you know, active, you know, doctors sharing their information on yeah. how to do it. And, but I learned over time with some very gracious and patient patients. <laughs> so, um, so you were in the military and you were in the Marines. So yeah. tell me, Kinda of tell us a little bit about your experience and what that was like, uh, active duty,
0: in the Marine Corps. Um, yeah, it's the <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs>
1: well, I was in what? the Air Force, so I, I had a different experience. So
0: <laughs> well, you know about us, y'all get paid extra just to be around us.
1: Oh well, it, you know you come yeah. you come to eat what we serve. So I'm just saying, <laughs> we are. I was always told we have the best bases. As a, as a female, yeah. the Air Force was the best choice I could make. I will tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the, with the Marine Corps, it was, um, I had a fun time. I mean, I had a good time. Like, I, I can't sit back and say, like, it was horrible. I mean, I, I definitely learned a lot from being mm. in the Marine Corps. Um, I deployed to Operation Iraqi Freedom 3 and 4. Like, I think just, I think out of the whole thing, that part was a game changer. Like, that that thing was like that's why with me and war and violence, like mm. um, I, I'm like it, it, people should people don't need to fight. And, mm-hmm. I, get to that type of that type of uh, level of violence because it gets yeah. nasty. Yeah. Like I, it's, 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 it's I don't even know how to explain it. And sure. even if I explain it, <clears throat> you think I'm talking through a horror film or something. It, it's yeah. it's crazy what people can do to each other and what people want to do when people want to kill you they want to kill you it's mm-hmm. not a joke yep. yeah when people don't like you and they just want you out of your country and they want to kill you mm-hmm. you know, they, they really want to yeah a close calls you know been yeah. in many many convoys where shit happens you Yeah, know, it, it's not cool and the type of war that i was fighting it wasn't like the 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 um what what we called it the, the rules of engagement not the rules of engagement the, you just how, didn't know how,
1: who your enemy was because uh, they were hiding
0: yeah yeah but the um, how how was over there especially during that time period mm-hmm. I think that was when that was in two thousand I want to say two thousand five two thousand six yeah in that time period uh I the Iraqis. Uh, I, weren't really the enemy guys right mm-hmm. um they the, they weren't really attacking infantry men mm-hmm. like they were attacking them but they weren't going head-on with them
1: mm-hmm.
0: because after the first two campaigns like iraq operation iraqi freedom one and two going head-to-head mm-hmm. with infantry men and special forces like they were they were getting their butt kicks like they were mm-hmm. getting off, you know like, right Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bump up like, you know, it's just American, American, uh, infantry Marines are like, you know, they're one of the best in the world. Like, these These guys are highly trained to Mm -hmm. kill highly. So, you know, and you're talking about first world country going against a third world country, Mm -hmm. you know, highly trained individuals so they were losing these fights with these guys Mm. so what they had to do was change up the way they were attacking the marines right Mm. and what they started doing was started targeting the logistics that's where i came in because i was Mm. in i was like 35 31 and when it came to that and y'all know what the logistics is is like uh we're truck drivers like we're carrying equipment personnel ammunition uh, sometimes we're doing construction because when you're green, you do everything. So it's <laughs> you do everything. You have one job, but you do every job, right? So uh-huh. it's like, you know, doing construction, doing, riding Humvees, like, you know, whatever whatever has an engine in it, pretty much you you operated it
1: uh-huh. you know,
0: when it came to ground support. So that's, that's where, where I came in and they were attacking us because they knew like, oh, if we blew up, like a a convoy or, or, you know, stole ammunition or destroyed medical supplies. This Mm. can hurt them. This can hurt the infantry's morale, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. where I was stationed Mm -hmm. at, I was in a camp hit. So this Mm. is a small, small little camp, not no base, small little camp in the middle of the city. And then we had, and then in the city, like we were like, here's hit. here's our camp like literally on the like literally (laughs) you just skip and hop you're in in this main city but then in the main city we had five Mm fobs in in a sector like it's like a boom 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 like four corners and one in the center Mm -hmm. and and going through that stuff was crazy because we had to drive in that city every single day and you know the enemy they watch everything you're doing And they started bombing our camp. And our camp was literally we our camp was a thing was like a school that we took over. Mm -hmm. We had we literally had to take over these places and then station our stuff there. So because we were part I was part of the Marine Expeditionary Unit 22. So we we uh, took a boat you know y'all probably, mm-hmm. people that might have friends in the military you all probably heard they fly over and stuff mm-hmm. these most majority some of these individuals especially if they're not in a combat unit they're they're doing mostly support but these bases are so huge and it's like they're safe like mm-hmm. yeah like with us we're not safe we're like yeah we i'm no, like we're just in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, and we just took people's stuff over, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, people were mad. Mm-hmm. People were mad. Yep. People were mad. Yep.
1: Yeah. I was active duty 06 to 2010 and yeah. was I got sent to the Middle East, but I wasn't in Iraq per se, but I was in Qatar next to Saudi. So we had like a base of about 15,000. Um, but I would fly with patients to Iraq and then to Germany if they needed medical escort. And when I was in Iraq, at the hospital there, the the large hospital, we had to sleep in the ER with our patients waiting for the next transport over. Um, and I mean, the things that I saw just there, and you know I where I was, um, it was I was fine. We'd get people who had been injured and come and they would convalesce with us before going back to their their main active duty and um but we'd had people come in from they'd have you know planes stop and refuel in afghanistan you know from afghanistan or something and they would they'd roll out the coffins and it just was so devastating to see the injuries and what we were doing and it really struck me and then when i would now <laughs> i went i was actually doing I three kids <laughs> i would when i was flying and we were doing these combat dives and uh, to fly in and to fly out. And you're like, I'm wearing, you know, lead vests and I'm flying over, you know, (laughs) a zone that you're having to dive in and out. And I'm going, what am I doing here? I have, I'm a mom with three kids. I need to go back home. (laughs) And I'm Like I didn't even, you know, the mission just, it didn't, it didn't gel with me. And not that I I think the most amazing people I ever met were in the military and I totally respect that. And I'm so glad I served my country, but I, I really felt disconnected to what I was doing and I was the only female and, Um, As a physician, and that was really interesting too, because there were rapes on the campus that I had to do exams on. I had to go to court after I got back home, and some really crazy stuff. And it was just, it was just too much. And I was like, four years. And I did four years in in active reserve. I didn't do reserves, but, um, but it was a really interesting time. It changes you as a person. I agree. It's a tough. It's tough. You're just like, okay.
0: (laughs) And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, because. Like you know, some people ask me about like ex-vegans, right? Mm. And, like I'm doing a little segue with these ex-vegans, but like <laughs> it's like yeah. some people that's an interesting me, topic like, though, actually. <laughs> yeah, some people ask me like what do you think about ex-vegans? And I'm like, they were never vegan because mm. see the thing is is like how I look at it, and it's nothing against them, but how I feel is two things. One, a lot of people never experience that type of violence themselves, mm. so it's easy to walk away from something that you, you, you know, if, if, or, or, or dis- disregard a, a moral relief, um, you know, a moral right. aspect, you know, right so it's really easy to just like throw it away. Oh, so, Oh, like, Oh, I started getting pimples. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be vegan anymore. Like it's very easy to switch. Right. And, and, and for me, because I was in the military, it's like, People say, like, labels don't matter, right? right. I, I think they do because right. when when you have a label on you, it's something that you truly believe in, mm. you know? And, and, it, and it's like, uh, and, and I understand the label thing, you know, I understand the whole label analogy, but, like, some people don't take, some people take it to a different place with that. You, right. know, like, you know, I don't want to label myself. No, you just don't want to be judged. That's what it is. Yeah, because you you don't have the audacity to speak up and stick with what you said that you wanted to do. Yeah, Well,
1: they're not living in line with their, well, their values obviously aren't in line with what they're projecting, right? So they're obviously, they don't have any problem with that discourse or that those two things meeting and congealing, you know, that you're exactly right. They're being dishonest either with themselves or certainly with everyone else. So it's easy to walk away. It's like, you know, as, as a, for me as a mom, it's, you know, one of my most precious jobs, <laughs> wonderful blessings. Mm-hmm. My kids are adults now, but I'm, I think about that as like, I could never not tell someone I'm not a mother and act like in, in that fashion. So, cause it would just, I just couldn't imagine not doing it, but you come to the same way when it comes to, you know, the ethical side of veganism is literally that you, you consider that the same the same you know what i mean it's it's like this is really to your core of who you are as a human in compassion you can't you can't the inner conflict just can't exist
0: exactly yeah Yeah. and i think that's why it's is for me it's it's easy to stay vegan like i Mm -hmm. I never gave myself excuses or reasons to not do it you know like or or because of social peer pressure whatever the case can be like, right. I, I never really gave in, you know? Right, uh, right. I even, I even tore my Achilles being vegan. Did people online give me slack? Of course, man, of course. But if, if you're on, but here's another You're thing. a
1: human. You're still gonna like <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, going I mean, to be prone to injury. But <laughs> how I look at it, too, is like, you know, when you're a social influencer, I mean, you have to take the heat. Like, that's part of it. Right, you know? right. Like, I knew people were going to talk crap. And people <laughs> did. Oh, it's because you're vegan and you tore your achilles <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was it kobe right kobe broke tore his achilles i feel oh, like oh God God tore his achilles goodness yeah. gracious yeah <laughs> like it's a regular sport injury like it happened yeah exactly
1: and, it the the aren't you know yeah it's really interesting some of the comments and I'm I'm just a doctor trying to share a health message and I will so I have YouTube and I've been doing the podcast for about four years I have people <laughs> go online and it it just kind of tickles me at first it was like oh should I listen to this but after a while it's like whatever but they type in oh this doctor definitely doesn't look healthy I'm like let me see your mama at 50 doing what I'm doing. I'm training for an ultra marathon, dude. Come on. I'm running with my 22 year old. Keep, come on, give me a break. And the other one, another was like, oh, you look like a boy. I'm like, really? I've never been told that. <laughs> and I'm like, it just, it cracks me up. I was like, what is, what is wrong with you people that you feel the need or the urge to make un unhelpful comments to people you don't even know? <laughs> I was like cracking me up. I was like, oh my goodness gracious. It's just, you have way too much time on your hand. You need to go find your purpose and live it, people, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, but I would love, because I, most of the time when I get interviewers, like incredible people who are doing amazing things like yourself, they really want to know, like, what are you eating? So please, can you walk us through what someone like you, who does these amazing you know, contest and you're winning, and you're helping others, what do you do in, in a day of eating, and how do you instruct others to?
0: <laughs> um, well, the, what I, what I try to put out is, uh, or what, what I try to educate people is how to uh, count macronutrients, and this mm-hmm. is, like, keeping track of the foods that they're eating, because the thing is, is that a lot of people that, I mean, I, well, before I go into that, I've been in the fitness industry for nine years and what Mm. I've witnessed is people like to do diets to lose weight but and diets work but the thing is is that when you're off the diet how do you revert back to eating normal Mm. and and then another thing is that the normal eating back normal isn't normal yeah that that's the that's the big part that's why a lot of people have these yo-yo diets and they're always jumping from coach to coach, or they're training and not, you know, they're with somebody, they're not getting uh, significant results, things mm-hmm. like that. So, when I saw like this was happening, there was just a gap in the fitness industry when it came to like these diets and having people to just have sustainable results. And what it is, is really just a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, what I do is I really try to help people change their lifestyle because if you wanna have sustainable results, then fitness has to be part of your lifestyle. How you eat and everything that I teach you, mm-hmm. it has to be part of your lifestyle. So what I try to do is educate people about first First things first, learn how to count macros, which is learning more about the, the larger nutrients, right? This is like your protein, carbs, and fat. Like the, first you have to re-educate the person, the nutrients of food, because no right. one is crap in school. No, the and food, doctors included internet. in
1: medical school. It doesn't matter the yeah, education
0: the level. <laughs> that you learned oh from my God. Always through college, because from, in my mind, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I felt like every health class I ever did was the same. Mm-hmm. From kindergarten to college, it was the same, <laughs> unless you took a special nutritional course, like just a course just on nutrition right but if it was like health and wellness or health and fitness they always change the name health 101 like something basic Mm -hmm. is that you're going to see that damn food pyramid and then they're going to show you like a, a human body and just show you the anatomy of the body yeah like i i don't know why that works because the only thing only thing that i walked out of those classes i always passed them but the only and it was the easiest classes, right? Mm-hmm. But the only thing I got out of it was you get protein from your meat, mm-hmm. so any type of animal that's where you get your protein. Fruits and vegetables are healthy for you, and then milk is for calcium that's mm-hmm. it, yeah. You know, any type of dairy, <laughs> calcium that's oh. it, that's all I got. And, and some of y'all that might be watching follow. yeah, that's all I know, yeah. You know? oh. Yeah, so we're all in the same boat. So <laughs> the thing is, is like that i this is why i try to teach people how you uh count macros because you need to really learn the nutritional facts labels mm-hmm. okay what i'm teaching you is nothing it's nothing new really it's nothing new it's actually good that we have smartphones and we have applications like my fitness Pal, mm-hmm. where you can just scan the item and it tells you what it says what it all it's doing is just copying what it says on the back of the bottle that's all it is mm-hmm. yeah but it records it And then it tells you how much you should be eating at the end of the day. So what I do is I give you your designated macronutrients. I tell you exactly how much protein, carbs, and fat, and also how many calories. And Mm. this is different than just counting calories Mm -hmm. because calories is macros. But the macros, you have to know how much you're eating from from those three categories. Because if you're just eating, doing calories, you can lose weight but you're not learning nutrition. Mm. You're, just count, you're just literally counting calories. And you can get like 2,000 calories from burgers, French fries, and soda, Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's not, you're not learning, just counting numbers. Right. You have to learn where you're getting the nutrients from the food. And then I show you other things like, okay, what's a great source of vitamin A? All right, vitamin A is good for like your skin, good for your, you know, health, your immune system, like vitamin C, vitamin K. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to show them all these things about vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. so people can actually learn. So when they they're more when when you learn more about the foods that you're actually eating than just saying, well, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Nah, mm-hmm. fool. Kale, bro. That's way <laughs> powerful than an apple. Yeah, you know? that'll keep Keep everything away. You now kale's a superfood. That thing's crazy. How many minerals and vitamins five, five minerals has? Right. But if you start learning more about what's in the foods, then you'll start tearing your your habits. You start breaking these bad habits. You stop eating some of these foods that you're already eating now. Like when it comes to fast food restaurants, I barely go. It's not just because it's junk food. It's not because of that. It's because when you go, when you learn more about the nutrients, there's no nutrients in those foods. Uh Uh You're not getting a lot of nutrients. They're more calorically dense, Uh but they're not nutrient dense. Uh See, and you need the vitamins and minerals because this helps support like how your body actually functions. Uh So, so like when you, when you're not getting those type of foods, your your body can still break down and still be exposed for infection.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
0: matter how how you, that's why I always talk about calorie counting. I'm like, you could I, there's people who's probably ripped looking like uh, calorie counting and they're eating at Denny's, Burger King, McDonald's all this stuff, but then they're getting they're always getting sick all the time every three months.
1: Right? Why
0: is that? Because right. there's no nutrients. Exactly. You know, it, it's it's enough to change the body and how it looks but it's not fixing what, how the body operates from the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's where I try to teach people. And then the more you learn, then naturally you're going to stay away from it because it's like, now, you know, mm-hmm. now it's not, it's not just basic. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you make it too big bas- information, too basic, we don't take it too seriously because we don't know how we don't know the extreme ends of how serious it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know? So like, uh, but once you learn more, then you start changing those habits. Like you're like, oh, like then going Burger King. Let's go to a vegan restaurant. Then right. going to another vegan restaurant that just sells burgers and fries. Like even with vegan restaurants and selling vegan restaurants just burgers and fries. Let's go a vegan restaurant that that serves more whole foods,
1: mm-hmm.
0: beans, lentils, tofu. You know, mm-hmm. some some good salad things like that, so we can get a lot of nutrients. And then you start really balancing. When it comes to these fast food restaurants, the junk vegan, uh, the vegan junk foods, you really know how to control yourself. You know, it's like you're not just gonna slam like tons of cake and ice cream, like you might just get a chop, like me. I I got like a chocolate muffin, one chocolate Mm -hmm. muffin, but everything else was whole foods.
1: So, as far as like when you so. I mean, I'm, I'm working with patients every single day on diabetes yeah. and hypertension and obesity and all sorts of stuff. But I also have some elite athletes that I work with, which is really fun. Um, so when you, but however, when you have people who come to you and let's say they have a significant amount of weight to lose, mm-hmm. um, but they're gonna, I mean, majority of these people have some type of food addiction or food compulsions and cravings. So it may be a matter of education, helps along that way but they still have these these habits are emotionally driven so how do you help break those real struggles like they, i mean there's some well, crazy stuff i hear people do
0: well with that that's why i do like uh on my instagram i do a lot of these meal prep hack videos and hmm. i actually enrolled into a, a plant-based cooking school to become a yeah. chef so oh. i can um upgrade and give just more value when it comes to these uh, recipes and meal preps. Mm. But what I try to do is uh, like, for example, if someone just they're addicted to sugar and this is mostly like, my, my women's students right They'll oh yeah like, hey, it's that time of the month you know like, it's, like I get a certain craving you know I'm like, all right cool that's i understand i think yeah. every
1: man should go through at least one period just so they understand what that's all about i'm just saying and menopause <laughs> you got to go through menopause because that's a whole other level <laughs>
0: anyway <laughs> and i'm like i understand it's cool you know but like, just, teasing, so just what teasing. i try to do is i, I replicate something that's similar that's gonna that's gonna mask what they're actually craving. so mm. like let's say chocolate right that's like a big one right so it's yep. like, oh, chocolate right what can i do yep. <laughs> How about this chocolate avocado pudding that i made
1: mm, okay.
0: that sounds and, and
1: very yummy
0: yeah it's super yummy super healthy low in fat yeah you get a lot of healthy fats from it too <laughs> You know, so, and then we, if you add a little bit of stevia, you get your sweetness from it. You use uh, some cacao, real chocolate, you know, and then mm-hmm. versus like, uh, you know, artificial chocolate and all that crap, you know, in a mm-hmm. candy bar. So do that instead. And you get more food, there's more volume of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it so that's it. That's another, that's one of the benefits doing more whole foods because you can get more volume of food. Versus something that's processed. Process, right. again, is calorically dense. Whole foods is more nutrient-dense. So okay. more nutrient-dense foods, you're going to get more volume of the food. So if you really like chocolate, you're going to have a, a good, a nice little bowl of, of chocolate. You're going to get more servings and, and you know that that satisfaction, like, oh, yeah, this is mm-hmm. amazing. Versus yeah. like, if I tell you, well, count your macros and do the chocolate bar. Yeah, you know, like because you could do it that way, but if I if you're in a, a caloric caloric deficit and you're trying to lose body fat, trust me, it's not gonna be a lot of mm-hmm. that bar. It's gonna be like a small piece or maybe a quarter <laughs> piece and, and that's it. And right. I feel like if when you do it something like that, it could work, but it, it doesn't fix again the habit. Mm-hmm. You know? the mm-hmm. habit is to disconnect the chocolate bar all, all overall. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need like let's let's try, let's pretend candy bars don't exist. Yeah, that's why I try to do so. Like when it when you want something sweet, you make something that's better for you, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get the same satisfaction. Because when you're craving sugar, it's not you're not craving the chocolate bar. You're just craving something that you're lacking. And, yeah?
1: and and there's two books that you might really enjoy reading or referring your your folks to is Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. And The Craving Mind by Dr. Judd Brewer. Both are friends of mine. Okay, yeah. it's another level of thinking when you're also guiding people to switch to healthier habits. But it's really cool. That's um, really, the behavior design is so important with the habits. And the, yeah, The Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. And then The Craving Mind by Dr. Judd Brewer. Very, very good. Yeah, it'll be right up your alley. You'll love it.
0: All
1: right, cool yeah Let's look it up <laughs> and that is, so it's really cool I, I love that you're also helping them understand that the volume of food changes and it helps as you feed your body these more nutritious foods the cravings will kind of sometimes dissolve and in, in many cases there are of course some that are a little people who struggle a bit with the emotional component of that. And then you have to do some other work with that. But that's really important is understanding you get to eat all this delicious food. It's less calories, you lose weight. And then you help them also with the the fitness side and knowing how to start and where to go and how, you know, what to do. Mm -hmm. So, which is really cool. So how can people find you online if they're interested in in working with you?
0: Uh, They can find me on Instagram or Facebook, just type in my name at Corinne Sutton. And okay. then you can go to the website as well, which is bodyhdfitness.com. So you can find cool. me there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because you, you have some amazing testimonials too, and lots of women, which I appreciate because I think some women too, maybe you could address this just real quick as also, is, you know, someone like, I can't lift weights. I'll get all bulky. That is not the truth. But can you share what happens as you start lifting weights? What's the body doing and the, the transformation and what can people expect?
0: Well, I mean, there, there's a couple of, well, if we're talking about women and lifting heavy, right, and, and being mm-hmm. afraid, uh, adding muscle, I mean, first of all it t- it's really hard to add muscle, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes at least one year to put on 10 pounds of body body mass, right? Bo- oh, body wow. muscle. And um, and this is like for the average person. So it, it t- it's really hard to really build the, uh, muscle. And when it comes to that even 10 pounds, 10 pounds is a lot, but when you spread it throughout the whole body, it's not its not that much, especially when you, if you're just starting, you know, especially mm. if you're just starting. So it, it's not like a, it's a lot, but it's not going to look like, it'll look a lot to you, you know, but it's not like you're going from like skinny to like, again, feel heat. Like, it's not like those, those extremes, like no, right. it's small, gradual growth, and the longer you do it, the better you look but and the bigger you become but the thing is is that uh for women though uh, that's one thing another thing is that you can never look like a man yeah you know, because it's just like you're not you're not producing that much testosterone you know you yeah. have to produce a lot of testosterone to look like a man that's why men look like men you know so, <laughs> it's like, so you well know, and there's but
1: the, the structure is also different so absolutely yeah
0: yeah but, um, you know, that's that's nothing. But right. the only time it, and and only time when women probably saw a woman look like a dude, you know, and they have a built like a dude mm. is because they, they are taking illegal steroids. They're taking some type of hormones and things like that. Right. They're taking a huge dose of it. Yep. Yeah, so like yep. that's the only way. And, and even if they're taking a small dose over time, they will still look like a man over mm-hmm. time because what happens is when you take steroids over time it, it, it starts collecting into your system mm-hmm. and, and then you're not and then the individual is not going to feel the same effect mm-hmm. so they want to take more this is why a lot of people get addicted in the fitness industry with steroid use and they mm-hmm. kind of get overdoing it because yes. it's like you start doing it doing it, doing it and then you know you're not feeling the effects like it was the first time and and then you have to do these off seasons and cycles and, and then you oh, get wow. to this point, like it psychologically, it messes up these athletes and they're like, nah, I'm just going to take as much as I want, as long as I want with no wow. break. It, wow. it just psychologically and, to, and not a lot of people really get out of that cycle for men and women, you know, but, but uh, going back to this. Uh, that's the only way because it, it literally changes everything. Like changes yeah. your bone structure for the women. It changes the bone structure. It changes like even the jawline. It could be like nice and feminine. Then you're going to get that nice, straight, sharp jaw, mm-hmm. you know? So it does change even how your body looks. So mm-hmm. um, if you're not doing that, then it's not going to happen. So, right. <laughs> but exactly. some of the benefits though, when it comes to lifting, lifting uh, heavy weights, especially for women... Mm-hmm. Is that uh, one, one of the, I, I don't know if it's the number one disease or whatever, but I know like one of the problematic diseases for women is osteoporosis, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the best things to combat that is weight resisting exercises. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is like when you lift heavy weights, it builds up the bone density. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is yeah. one of the, this is the fastest way to build up your bones, not drinking milk calcium <laughs> right you
1: know? exactly
0: it's like some way yep you know? absolutely because you've never seen bodybuilders break an arm and stuff it's like it's like you don't really hear that they might tear a muscle you mm. know or or tear a ligament but not really break a bone you mm-hmm. know like you don't it's not common especially in a bodybuilding industry it's not that common
1: well the, there's I'm a seeing. couple of things that you're exactly right so the when you're stressing because the the bone is a dynamic living organ. And so Mm -hmm. what happens, you have the the osteoclast, osteoblast, osteoblast creating the bone and then osteoclast you know, bring, and you need that coming and going. It's calcium regulation in the body, but there's some really interesting stuff. I just read a research paper and they were talking about the stress when you are lifting resistance, it turns it into actually like a little electrical current and it stimulates the osteoblast to build more bone at that moment. And so the more you do it, the more dense you get. And that's really cool. But also when you're lifting weights, you also are stronger. You're more fit and you're less yep. likely to fall, which is the cause of a lot of these broken hips and different things. And it's best to start as early as possible because it's, you know, you get to my middle age, it's a different game than when you're 30 versus 50 versus 70. So it's really important. So you're right on exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the, with the whole balance and, and performance, uh, performance mm-hmm. and, and the ability and your mobility especially when you get older like yeah you do want to start earlier because the thing is is that you have something called a mind it's like a mind muscle connection so you Mm. have a lot of nerves that's like from your brain all the way connect from the spinal cord connected to every single muscle in your body and the more you train it the faster the signal reacts you know Mm. like i'm doing this i even move my hands it's like a million like the speed is like ridiculous right (laughs) guys firing like crazy right yeah but the more you do it and this is why like you know when you train you want to do a lot of like you know you want to do a lot of lifting but also you want to do a lot of functional training too like Mm -hmm. things that keeps you active more mobile doing different actions because this helps with your mind to process all those moves and if you don't train it that's what happens especially if you get older because when you get older your body starts once again to this presence, present, uh, present, uh, pre, pres, preservation mode, right? Mm-hmm. So like uh, when it starts doing that, if you trained high level when you're earlier, it's gonna retain a lot of those because it's like when you do it for such a long time, it's like you master it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. riding a bike. Like once you ride it, you, you it's really hard to forget how to ride. You know, it's like-
1: Yeah, absolutely. It may be 10 years <laughs> and you can still ride a bike- But you're exactly right. It's really important. And that's where I think the value of young people, right? Getting into sports. So when my kids were little, we Mm -hmm. put them in sports, like as soon as they could go, it was hilarious watching four-year-olds play soccer, but you know, they're learning to move their bodies and teamwork, but those are things that now they're still doing. So like my, my daughter's almost 27. And then I have a 24 year old and a 22 year old, my middle kiddo, Johnny, um, when he was kid, he had dyslexia. And was bullied, and so he got into lifting weights, and he loves it. So now he's doing like
0: 460. No
1: one's in front of me, <laughs> dude. Let me tell you, he he's built like this. Kid is he's not like you, ripped like, but the, he's a strong kid. And uh, yeah. but when I'm sitting there watching him, he's doing 460 pull-ups a day, and I'm like, he's, <laughs> he's vegan not. too, and he's a, vegan. Nobody, nobody. nobody. Yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. But, you know, now it's, they think it's funny to come and like, well, let's lift up mom and move her somewhere else. I'm like, oh, that's really funny. Put me down. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's um, a confidence booster. It's just so good. I mean, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And again, my kids are vegan too. So all three. So it's really, y'all trust me, you'll be fine going vegan, go vegan. So no weak vegans left behind. oh well this is great corn is there any last bit of advice as i i know i we scheduled for an hour and i want to be respectful of your time is is there um any last advice or maybe something you would recommend to someone who's thinking about either you know reaching out to you or maybe starting a fitness program of those of themselves, themselves?
0: yeah yeah i mean i always say if you're if you're like thinking about you know jumping into fitness or even just transitioning to more of a vegan lifestyle, uh, definitely get get, get help, you know, get, get Mm -hmm. professional help. And, you know, I'm, I'm always available. I'm always willing to talk to individuals and, you know, tell you a little bit more about what I do and how I can help you. So, um, you know, just, just do that because when you try doing like your own researcher, you know, I always say like, there's different types of people you have, like the victim, right. And these are individuals that just, you blame everything because you think everything's against you, you know? So, right. like, with the whole COVID situation, oh, I'm not working out because the gym closed down in COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not a great mindset to have, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because you, you know this, in the military, it's, about, it's not about the problems, it's about how can we overcome it, because shit's going to happen.
1: These are, pro- <laughs> the military are problem solvers. I will tell yeah. you, you will learn to critically think and solve a problem because guess what? No one else is going to do it. No. <laughs> <And> li- <laughs> your lives may count on it. You know, even yeah. doctors learn to shoot guns. I was one shot from being met ma- like, uh, oh, you master. know, an expert. Yeah. Master. And I, I like, dude, but if, if someone, if the doctors got guns and shooting, we're in trouble. So yeah. I'm just saying, we all need to know how to do everything, but you're exactly right, they're, they're problem solvers. You're exa- there's a book called um, The Road Less Traveled by Dr. Scott Peck. He talks so much about, you might love that book because he talks about <laughs> the people who have these issues and they blame everyone else. They're really hard to work with, but then there's others who think, oh, everything's my fault. They're a little bit easier to get moving in the right direction, but these who blame others. I can't What's help the you the road less traveled by dr scott peck he has since passed but it's a really good book i think every young person should read i i'm yeah. always sending my kids these books like i need you to read this book i need you to oh, read, I, this I book. read these
0: books yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i, yeah. I read yeah, I'm always yeah. yeah
1: the audio the audio is really good too because the uh, on audible because he's actually reading it and he kind of puts his spin on it but he was a psychiatrist and he just it's really fun and he talks about parenting and I'm like oh god I'm pretty sure I screwed up my kids in multiple ways I'm thinking back (laughs) now I'm like dang (laughs) but oh well you know I figured I I did my best they they seem just to like me so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think that's that's you're exactly right you're exactly right so I think that's fabulous and um but thank you so much for your time. This was really fun. I love learning about, you know, people who excel like yourself. And thank you for everything you're doing for, you know, the vegan world. And um, I'm excited to see where you, you continue to grow and, and, and go from and there and uh, change lives. It's awesome. All
0: right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you could, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating on whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate the feedback. In addition to this, I did want to let you know that we actually do video recordings of all of our interviews. And if you'd rather watch them, you can check out our YouTube channel at Healthy Human Revolution. There we also have other resources for you. One in particular I'm really excited about is called the Doctors Inn. That's where I actually answer questions from the audience and do tons of topics like cholesterol, hypertension, diabetes, and just things to help you stay well. So check it out and also don't forget the healthyhumanrevolution.com website where you have all the resources you need to actually start and sustain a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet.